Welcome to the Surviving Second Gen Podcast, where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in America. I'm your host, Jennifer Ippolit, a Haitian American child of two immigrant parents, as well as a licensed mental health counselor. My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. All right, welcome to another episode of the Surviving Second Gen Podcast. I'm your host, as always. Uh, Thank you for joining again. So we're going to get right into it. In this episode, I want to talk about bicultural identity and how it's impacted us as um, individuals with uh, immigrant backgrounds over time, because I think bicultural identity has definitely changed from um, when it was introduced to now, um, because it was introduced in the 1980s, if I'm correct. Um, and since then, there has been different models that have been introduced to really uh, uh, define bicultural identity a little bit more and just create new ways of looking at it. And I must say, personally, I didn't even know uh, what biculturalism was um, when I was going through it. That's how knew the idea was. So really the first introduction into um, biculturalism and the identity development of people dealing with two cultures started in 1980. 1980. I was born in 1989. So consider how new it was to create a model of identity development um, in the 1980s. And I was born in the 80s. So this was super duper new, um, considering other um, models and theories uh, that that have been in psychology. Um, and those models and theories have been part of psychology for you know, some since uh, early 19th century. So just way back. So this model is relatively, is a relatively new model compared to all other models. And again, think about for me, when I was around, this was very, very new. And I haven't even thought about it. I'm thinking about it right now. Like I was literally part of a time, a generation where this, idea of being a person with two cultural backgrounds or influences was really just emerging. So people, of course, have been going through it for years, right? Because immigrants have been around for a very long time, not just in the States, but in different parts of the world, people have, you know, immigrated. So that's not a new concept, immigration. But the concept of having a bicultural identity, which really means that 
the person has a heritage culture, so a, car, a culture that is part of their heritage, and then a culture that they're integrating into or integrating to be a part of. So that's basically what it means to have a bicultural identity. Um, but yeah, to think about that people have been immigrating and navigating to cultural spaces for decades if not centuries, and then we have a model to describe it in 1980. <laughs> like that's when we realize, oh yeah, this is a thing. This is how it happens. This is how people work through it. So from what I can tell, which there's not, I don't know, there's not much about this um, John W. Berry who came up with this model. There's not much about him, but he seems to be this white man from Canada who um, has done some research into uh, cross-cultural psychology and created this model, like I said, in the 80s. Um, and basically uh, talks about the process of acculturation. So the process of being able to socially and psychologically adjust when a person is in a place of uh, dealing with two different cultures. Um, so he talks about different stages in the, the model, different ways that people deal with their uh, biculturalism. And there's been many studies and things done since then, but overall, I don't think that biculturalism and bicultural identity is explored enough. I don't think there's enough research about it. I don't think there's enough people talking about it. Like I've seen research as um, in 2005, 2006, 2010. That's fairly new when you think about research um, and stuff that we're applying into day to day. So there's not much out there. But like I said, when I was traversing my biculturalism, I didn't know that's what I was going through. <laughs> like I always knew that I was going through something that was so unique to me. And I didn't think there was anybody else who was going through it and who understood it the way that I did. Like that's how unique it felt to me. Um, and I think as time has went on, um, it's it's become more of an open topic, especially if you grew up in communities where other people were also um, traversing biculturalism. So if you were also around, um, insert your heritage culture, and then somebody who's American. So I was around other Haitian Americans, Jamaican Americans, Guyanese Americans. So we all kind of knew that we had this unique identity, unique things going on, um, but there was no no word for it. And, I, and again, I don't think people realize how, how new it was during that time. Um, and I was watching a TikTok uh, of this man. He appeared to be an Asian man, and he was talking about how from what I took from it, he was explaining how biculturalism has changed since he was young. And um, he's not Gen Z. I feel like he was like a millennial guy. He was talking about how a comedian's um, stand-up was going viral. And in the stand-up, she was making fun of, or not making fun, 
to be specific. She was talking about her experience at a nail salon and imitating the accent of the individuals who were in the salon. Um, and it's like becoming a, a viral clip now because it was something that was, I believe, from the 90s, just some decades or so ago. And it's recirculating now in the year 2023. And people are calling it out and saying, oh my God, that's wrong. She's mocking the culture. Or um, she is, uh, you know, she's appropriating the culture by, you know, making this video or not. And he was just saying that he feels like um, the immigrant experience has changed so much since he has dealt with it and how he was growing up, you know, being from his time and now with the Gen Z generation, how it just looks different because he said he remembers that specific um, video and when it came out. And if anything, he felt seen. He was just like, oh, okay, somebody like knows what it means to see you know, somebody from that particular culture and like, how cool is that? Like, that's what he saw it as when, when he saw that video, when he was growing up. So his relationship to that video was a positive one. So he was just talking about how it's different now and people's relationship to the video is like a negative one, like of how could they? Um, so I think overall he was trying to encourage people to have their own, um, their own experiences or their own relationships with different things because with different things that represent the immigrant experience because it's, it's just different. And I wholeheartedly agreed with him because I felt like I could think about myself growing up and how much there was no representation for my particular cultural background. Like growing up in the 90s, being Haitian was not cool. There was nothing cool about being Haitian in the 90s. And ultimately, it was just not cool to be a black immigrant <laughs> when I think about it. It just wasn't cool to be a black immigrant. The darker skinned you were, and that goes into the colorism that is part of this country and even part of the immigrant countries. So the darker you were, um, the more poor your, your immigrant country was, the more you were made fun of. So people literally made fun of you for being Haitian when you grew up in the 90s. Like in New York in the 90s, it was like you had to fight, like sometimes fight physically, but like fight to really be like, yo, like, chill like don't talk about Haitians like that because it was that bad um and then I remember even um being pitted against other Caribbean countries there was a time where there was a whole like beef with with Haitians and Jamaicans where I was growing up like there was a whole beef and it was just like for what <laughs> like we're all immigrant countries specifically in the Caribbean that are represented all throughout New York. So what what are we beefing for? But it was always a beef with, if it wasn't Jamaicans, it was another Caribbean country that it was like almost like we were supposed to be pitted against each other. Anyways, that was a whole time. Um, but it was interesting 
Because, yeah, like like he said in the video, like that representation that we got to have, it truly did matter. Like anytime you saw something on TV that said, oh, you know, this is this is me. This is this is my country. This is what we're going through. It was like, oh, my God, a, a big deal. And I feel like um, specifically for like Haitians, I feel like the first um, representation that we got of a Haitian person in like culture where people like really really knew that this person was Haitian was Wyclef with like him being in he wasn't like just doing Haitian music I mean he pretty much wasn't he was doing like he was part of regular American mainstream music but he identified as Haitian so that was like oh we got we got one win <laughs> like okay we could we could hold on to that but even with that, it still was not cool to be Haitian. So I just imagine, you know, I just, I, yeah, I just agreed with that creator in terms of like, there was so much that for for us, if we just got a little bit of something that showed that we were being represented, that was cool with us. Like we didn't feel like it was um, something bad. But I think as, as times have changed, people there are new terms um there are new ways to really describe what's happening and appropriation is now a newer term that we're using right when people are um, representing a culture that is not their own so that becomes appropriation and I'm, I'm all for naming it and calling it out because that does matter I think it's very much a slap in the culture's face when someone appropriates it and uses it, um, it to their own advantage. It's a slap in the face to that culture to appropriate it, to gain anything from it when you don't identify with that culture. It's just wrong. And I'm so glad we're in a space where we're calling it out because there's so many people who have wanted to personally be able to say, I'm I'm from this country and I'm proud, but then you have somebody who's not from the country, usually a white person who says, Oh, look at this culture, let me let me talk about it and let me put integrate myself into their uh their their cultural ideals and their cultural um traditions and show it off and um, you know, make sure that people see it and, you know, up my, my popularity or up my visibility by doing so. And it's just like, okay, sit down. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not, that's not okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it, I think it's a important, it's a interesting conversation because, I think ultimately the immigrant experience is so nuanced. There is, I think always two things can be true. Someone can take, can see something that somebody's talking about, see something on social media, hear a situation and take something from it that helps them feel like they're being seen but also feel like, mm, I don't know if this was like the right way to do it. 
Um, you know, like, I think that it's like so easy to be in, in extremes and feel like this is good. This is not good. Talking about this in this way is good. And talking about it in that way is not good, which I've seen a lot of, um, especially with immigrant experiences, like people feel very personally connected to it, understandably so. So sometimes when a person is from a particular immigrant background and somebody else is talking about that immigrant background on a public platform, they uh, disagree with that what the person's saying, they feel offended by what the person's saying, or they may feel like the person doesn't have enough knowledge or background to speak on it. Like I see that happen all the time. Which is why I personally, um, I feel like that's a line that I, I tread and I, and I try to be careful with and I make sure that I let people know that this is from my lens, from what I see, from what I've experienced when I'm talking about my personal experiences because they're mine. You can't take, the, take that away from me. And I think what people need to understand is how to help people have their own experiences, especially if people are saying that it is their own experience. You may not have had the same experience. You may not um, agree with what they've taken from that experience, what insight they've gained, or how they've learned to reconcile with that experience. You can disagree with all of that, but you can't take away from the fact that that was their personal experience. You know, and I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is realizing that those two things can happen at the same time. Somebody can have their own personal experience and you could still disagree with um, how they have reconciled with that experience, what they feel about those experiences. Because I think that's that's the thing with uh, the bicultural experience. A lot of people, there's a few things. Um, A lot of people, for one, have had a similar experience. Like generally, right? Generally, we can say that there's a lot of people who've had particular experiences that show up when they are a person of an immigrant background. We could talk about that because studies show it. Um, People's, you know, um, lives and stories say it communities you see it you know so if you lived it you kind of know yeah people have pretty much have like a similar experience especially with social media we have more and more of people talking about what their immigrant experiences are like and I see more and more people from immigrant backgrounds saying oh man we're just the same like I know like for me when I personally uh saw Yvonne Orji's first uh, comedy stand-up, stand-up comedy special, I was like, bruh, Nigerians and Haitians are the same. Like, we're literally the same. When she explained to her, like, everything that she went through, I was like, we are the same, you know? Um, So that's why I say, like, there's so much um, similarity in the immigrant experience, Um, especially if you come from... Um, certain types of countries or also similar regions, right? Like the Caribbean experience is so similar. 
um, you know, from country to country, um, you know, down to the traditions, down to the values, down to the foods, you know what I mean? So it's like, you can overall say that there's very, there's a lot of various, there's a lot of similarity between the cultures, but sometimes even though there are similarities, how people respond to those experiences are different. And that's what I'm realizing more and more. And I think that's what triggers people sometimes because they may have had the same experience, but they don't want people to say that this is, this is how it, it went for me if it doesn't align with how it went for them, if that makes sense. And I don't think that's fair. Um, because we all are different individual beings. That's just what it is. I mean, two siblings can be in the same household and were raised by the same parents and have totally different recollections of how things happened or have, uh, very different outcomes in how they feel like it affected them. And I feel like the same is true for the bicultural identity for immigrants who, you know, uh, traverse it. Um, even for myself, as an example, there's a difference between myself who was born and raised in this country and has has so much connection to the Haitian culture because of how my parents raised me and my siblings who are born and raised in their their country of origin and um also spent a good time in this country our experiences and how we see those experiences are different even though we were raised in the same household like I can I, I can say that for sure. Um, but that goes to show you how nuanced it can be. So it's like if you're from the outside and outside looking into somebody else's experiences, you can't tell them that it's wrong or right. You can, you know, talk about what those differences mean for you. You can talk about how they came up with that experience um and how they were affected by that experience but you can't deny their experience um so that's why I go to overall generalizations and what I've seen time over time that I can say okay this is a reoccurring theme versus saying well, this is what happened to me. So this is what happened to everybody because it's not, it's not always what happens to everybody. Um, some of the things that I've talked about before in past episodes, some people may not relate to. Some people may not feel like they've experienced those type of, of traumas or those type of negative experiences um, or, you know, just they just don't don't relate does that mean that my experience is invalid no does it mean that the experience of a lot of people who can relate is invalid no it just means that the experience is different you know it's different but I think that the tides are turning 
And I think there's definitely, uh, because of how uh, the world is now and how people have become more open to understanding the immigrant experience, we have a lot of leeway for a positive understanding to happen for people from different cultural backgrounds. Because the shift has really been moving slowly, but it's been moving. Because in the 90s, it looked different. From the late 90s until the early 2000s, I feel like that shift really began to happen because there were more public figures identifying as Haitian who were able to say, yes, that's my background, who were able to talk about it. And, you know, even in other... Um, even people from other immigrant cultures were able to say like, yes, I may be in America, but this is my background. Let me tell you about my world. So it, there was a shift there where, you know, we weren't necessarily making fun of Haitians anymore. And I remember vividly where the point kind of changed, probably like mid 2000 ish, where people were like, oh, you're Haitian? oh, cool, tell me more. Like, oh my gosh, she used to live there? And it's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, thanks for asking questions. Or, you know, you, I tell them, yeah, I speak Creole. They're like, oh, really? Say something, that's so cool. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing that you speak another language. Versus like 90s, it was almost like you speak in another language and people would give you the side eye. Or, you know, you tell them you're from Haiti and they're like, where is that? <laughs> you know? So um, there was definitely a shift that happened in the late 90s to the early 2000s. And then I think by like 2010s, it was like, you could say you was from, you know, whatever country and people were just like more open to it. And there wasn't, there definitely wasn't the making fun of it. Like that was not happening anymore. Like it, it was a, it's definitely been a major change from making fun of someone being from another country to like making them feel good and encourage that they were from another country. Almost envious, like, wow, I wish I was from somewhere else or wow, I wish I spoke another language. So it's so interesting that this shift has happened um, to the point that I think people really embrace uh, cultural backgrounds in a way that they didn't before. And I'm happy to see it in my, my time and where I'm at now, because growing up, it was hard, you know what I mean? And it was, there wasn't like, you couldn't really imagine what it looked like for us to be more in a more accepting world about that, those things. Like when you're in it in the moment, you don't really like think you can see that. I feel like I saw the glimpse of that when I was a teenager and that shift began to happen in the later years where it was just like, oh, okay, people, people really, you know, embracing us for who we are. That's cool. That's cool. Um, but before that, it was just kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to keep fighting to, to rep Haiti so people can know what it is because people just, just trying me, you know, um, so it's, 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 it gives me hope. That's what it gives me. It gives me hope that 
we will have more people who openly talk about their bicultural identity and we can be ex- more accepting of people's responses to their to um more accepting of people's experiences with their bicultural identity within the culture and outside of the culture outside of the culture so people who are within the same culture can accept different types of experiences because I think that's so important and people who are outside of the culture so people who don't have that bicultural background can be open to it understand it in a positive light which I think that is happening more and more so um like for example I saw another tiktoker of a woman who was describing how her daughter she cooks like um ethnic food for her daughter and uh the daughter's classmate who's white was like eating some of the food so the mom um called the the mom of the 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 child who eats the ethnic food and was saying to the mom, oh my gosh, thank you so much that your daughter has shared her food with my daughter. My daughter loves it so much. She's asking me how to make the food and wants to like try it at home. Like, are you open to sharing any recipes? And the woman who I believe was Asian, she was like tearing up in the video because she was like, wow, like times have changed that I'm in a place now where I can cook ethnic food for my daughter and other cultures or ethnic food for my daughter and people who are not from that ethnic culture can embrace it and want to learn more about it but she was just reminiscing on how she was growing up and that wasn't the case because you sometimes had to hide the type of food that you ate or people would make comments and I resonated with that because I'm like that's so true because there was not this comfortability to like share your food because people would make faces at it um, or like say something about the smell of it. And it was just like, you didn't feel comfortable sharing that with people because it was just not the norm. So I feel like that's the shift that's happening now where, where people are understanding the importance of embracing immigrant cultures and um all the things that come with it which include the food like which is a huge part of a lot of cultures is the food and people are embracing that more i think what we need to work on more is embracing people's experiences within the culture because i think people are still struggling with that as more and more people come forward with their experiences because we just live in a more public world where people are just more outspoken and they talk about their experiences more openly people um have a lot of opinions um but I think it's important to understand that people can have different experiences it can be different than yours and that's okay I think there's space for healthy dialogue about those experiences how they impact you um what you've gained from them versus judging people's experiences giving a side eye saying that no that's not what it is it's it's just not helpful it's not fruitful to helping expand 
uh, people's relationship to their bicultural identity. There's still people struggling with their bicultural identity because I don't think that the experience is linear. You know, it's not just like you go from here from this, you know, um, assimilation, which is basically rejecting your culture and accepting the other culture to this integration of like, oh, yeah, I can totally accept the two cultures. The experience is not always linear. I mean, I know for me, there's there's points where I felt the need to assimilate and, um, you know, for different reasons, especially, like I said, in the era that I grew in, grew up in. And then there are points where I, I I felt like I could, you know, really work towards bridging the two cultures together. But that's like an everyday thing. Like I'm still working through what integration looks like because like I'm carrying these two cultures all the time. There's never a time where one isn't impacting the other. You know, like it because, yeah, my heritage culture, my heritage just is always a part of me. But I live in a society that is not the society of my my cultural background. So it's always something that I'm going to traverse. So that's why I think it's important for let people to let people tell the story, tell their story the way that it makes sense to them because there are still people who need to identify with these stories. And I may have a story about my bicultural identity that someone just can't relate to, but somebody else can have a story and the way they explain it, the way they talk about how they went through it and the insights that they gain from it resonates, you know, with whoever is listening. So they... They're able to resonate with that person more than they can resonate with me. That's totally okay. And it doesn't even have to be someone who's also Haitian, right? So somebody can be Haitian and hear my story and they don't resonate with it, but they listen to someone from an Indian American background. They're like, totally resonate with you because of how they explain their story or what they went through or what they've gained from that experience. Right. So I think that's why we need to like get out of this box of like, oh, this is what, um, you know, the Jamaican experience looks like. This is what the Chinese experience looks like. And if it's not explained this way, then I don't know if you're you're telling the truth. And it's like, no, that's somebody's truth. (laughs) Let it be their truth. Let's have open dialogue about what that means for them. You know, so. Ultimately, yeah, the shift is happening. It makes me hopeful that there are so many people talking about this more. And ultimately, this is what my platform is for. It's therapeutic for me. um, But also, I, I, I can see that it's reaching people from different cultural backgrounds outside of my own personal one and that's that's what I want you know I want to be able people to hear um my insights and take something from it and be like wow I truly appreciated that or wow like I totally relate to that or wow I can't wait to share this with someone and talk about it that's what I'm here for 
So thank you again for tuning in to another episode. If nothing else, go ahead and go to that YouTube page. Be a subscriber to the podcast, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can have more conversation. And also I could see who it is that is listening to these episodes. Thank you for joining again. If nothing else, I see you in the next one. Bye. If you found today's episode valuable or this podcast as a whole, I invite you to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment letting others know what you gain from this episode. This allows for our podcast to gain more visibility and for it to reach the people that want to hear this information. Also, we invite you to engage in the comments on the YouTube page, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can continue this rich conversation that we're having today.